Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Kevin Cassis with me. Kevin is an NFL athlete, football player. He also has his own company that he's starting in as an entrepreneur, and he does modeling. Basically, the guy does it all. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the things you're going to hear about in his story today is when you have resilience, you can accomplish a lot. So, Kevin, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. So to start off your story, uh, grew up in California and you say, hey, I remember watching highlights of like Jerry Rice and Walter Payton. So talk a little bit about, you know, getting started, you know, and finding a love and passion for football. Yeah, totally. Uh, I credit that to my dad. He's a big Walter Payton fan. We grew up in Northern California. So, um, you know, Joe Montana, we're actually more of a Steve Young family anyways, because my dad thinks he's a lefty as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, grew up in NorCal. He kind of indoctrinated those guys early on to me. So, um, you know, big Niner fan growing up. And then, you know, he always loved Walter Payton, too. He says that's the, the greatest running back of all time. So so now that's my greatest running back of all time, too. So <laughs> that's kind of how that happened. Unanimous decision amongst the family, then. Yeah, totally. Whatever he kind of told me growing up, I kind of just ran with it. And, and whatever dad said was, was correct. <laughs> you bet. Now, I think there's something to, you know, highlight within – a sports journey and there's, you know, there's kids that grow up and their parents have to tell them to go work out or, you know, have to tell them to get to practice. There's other kids that it just becomes something they're passionate about and they, you know, kind of fall in love with the game and, and being able to play it. So talk a little bit about, you know, your life experiences and, you know, maybe the uh, certain times where you started to realize, Hey, this is more than just something that I like to do at, you know, recess with my friends. It's something I really want to work at. Yeah, totally. So I played a bunch of sports growing up. Um, soccer, baseball, all that stuff. But football was always that one sport where I was just, I just loved it. You know, probably got instilled in me growing up from my dad. And um, and it became one of those things where early on it was like, we all have those goals. Hey, I want to be in the NFL someday. I want to do something like that. Big dreams. And, and um, you know, I, I think even with, you know, even my parents just instilled in me at a young age, you know, you know, you got to put the work in and you're going to get in order to get the results. So, I can remember just working out with my dad, I mean, in elementary school, super young. And then I kind of like just, just became a habit doing something at a young age. It kind of just stuck with it. And then they were almost kind of more hands off as I you know, got older and whatnot, too. But they kind of had just instilled those habits in me. So I almost liked the process more than than, you know, game day. I mean, even now to this day, it's like uh, I like work out, do all that stuff just because whatever. I, maybe I still think I'm playing, which I'm not, but uh, no, I just, you know, kind of learned to really enjoy the process. That's so important. And I think, you know, once again, we're talking about it right now in the scope of uh, football or athletics, but I mean, I think that goes to being a parent, being a significant other, you know, whatever you're doing as a profession, it's like, if you're only enjoying the the highlight moments, that that's going to be a really tough relationship or really tough pursuit versus if you can enjoy everything that goes into getting to some of those highlight moments. Yeah, totally. I even think about it even more. It's like, I can even remember, you know, working out with my dad and him, you know, saying, you know, there's a kid in uh, over the, you know, down the street who's maybe working harder than you or or stuff like that's so almost like there's almost some aspect of fear too mm. of like uh, you know kind of buying into you know preparing myself you know there's separation in the preparation so yeah. that was just something where I was almost scared you know I didn't want to be out prepared and 
And, um, you know, I think for my mental clarity to, you know, putting that work in kind of, you have kind of something to fall back on as well when things get tough or, you know, when you're strapping the pads on to, you know, run out the tunnel. I love that. Yes. Now for you and just kind of, you know, talking about your high school career, um, you know, you go to a high school that has other notable players, right? Some uh, Notre Dame, you know, commits yep. and uh, players and things of that nature. So talk a little bit about, you know, surrounding yourself with other high level, high caliber players and just the level of expectation that then comes from that. Yeah, um, that's actually funny. I was telling you earlier, you know, I was in Austin this weekend and that's why I was with them with my high school buddies who, you know, one of them went and played you know, at Notre Dame. He's still kind of in and out in the NFL right now. But um, it, it, I was surrounded by a good group of guys growing up. And then, you know, playing with those guys from, shoot, from when we're just little kids all the way up through high school, you kind of build that connection and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think even with regards to even getting into high school and whatnot, and even taking a step back as I was younger, you know, I always had, you know, I was always pretty coordinated from a skill set standpoint, you know, but then you kind of get into those, those high school, whatever you're, you're growing and whatnot. And I didn't grow. I was just, I kind of <laughs> stayed kind of small and wasn't the fastest guy and kind of didn't hit my growth spurt until college. So um, I wasn't a guy who was heavily recruited. Um, you know, I had the skills, I had the skill set to do it. Just the coach, obviously, when you're looking at a, you know, soaking what, 150, 50 pound, you know, white wide receiver, you know, they don't get a lot of coaches, you know, knocking on your door. Yeah. Well, so talk a little bit about, you know, getting to play at a high level in high school and then, you know, the the process of figuring out where you want to go. Because to your point, hey, it wasn't maybe I'm picking between Bama, UCLA, you know, all those. But you had quite a few different walk on options. And so, you know, you still had opportunities and you got to find what's the right fit or what's the best fit going to be for Kevin. Yeah, totally. And that was an interesting process, too, um, because I knew I could do it. It was just, you know, and, and I understand me from a coach's standpoint. It's like you've got this kid who's a little bit undersized, not the fastest guy. Yeah, he's got the skills to do it. But I mean, these guys are this is how they feed their family. So now looking back, I, I have an understanding of that maybe at that such a point in my life, I didn't. I didn't understand why. Why am I not going to Bama? Why? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and it's almost I look back to and I'm kind of glad I wasn't um you know super heavily recruited and it was an, an interesting process too because I went through my whole senior season had a pretty good year and I still I, I didn't even know if I was going to play college football mm. until um you know late in the process because I like you mentioned I was getting some walk-on opportunities but um from some you know decent size some big schools some Pac-12 schools but for some reason I don't know why I just didn't I was like dude I'm just going to go there and be the practice dummy so yeah um, which was weird because growing up, my dream was always play at UCLA, you know, play at the big school. And for some reason, it just at that at that time, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go um, just walk on, you know, the biggest school. And um, so kind of late in my recruiting process in January, I got a call from um, which is school I went to, Montana State, yeah. uh, just a random a 406 area code and um, got on the phone. And just it, it's funny too, just the connection I had built with the coaching staff. And went up there for a visit. It's freezing cold, snowing. And somehow I, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go play there. I got a little <laughs> bit of help financially. And I had good grades in, in college or in high school. So I got a little bit of help. But I was pretty much walking on. It's out of state. So it's expensive to go there. But for some reason, I was like, you know what? That's that's where I'm going to go. I just you know trust the people that are there. And, and, uh, and I'm so happy I did. 
Yeah. So talking about that, and once again, I could be completely wrong, but from what I understood, that one of the coaches that ends up at Montana State had been recruiting a different guy in your team and just knew a little bit about you and uh, your skill set and all those different attributes. And one thing I wanted to highlight there is just you never know who's going to be impacted by what you're doing. Right. Uh, you, you could have said, oh, well, they're not here to see me. You know, who who, who cares? But at the end of the day, uh, because you made some sort of an impression right while they were there, it's like, well, that opened a whole new door for you. So talk maybe a little bit about that, you know, preparing for something, even when it doesn't seem like you're in the spotlight or it's your time to shine. Yeah, totally. And um, it, it's funny, too, because one of my like I mentioned, my my good buddy was the quarterback and he's committed to go to Notre Dame. So. You know, it's not his fault, but a lot. I'm sure a lot of schools were like, I mean, dude, you got a Notre Dame quarterback. He should be, uh, he's probably putting the ball right on you whatnot too, which he was. I mean, um, he's he's really good, and um, he made me a lot better for sure. But, um, but yeah, and that, that recruiting world is so small. I mean, then once you're in it, like you're you're at the school and you can kind of see the inside of how the whole recruiting process works. Um, you, it's just so interconnected and small. So I believe it was uh, – it was my receiver coach who was at Boise state at the time. He was a GA and he had gotten a job at, at Montana state. And, um, the quarterback who was had pretty heavy recruited my buddy. Um, he was originally going to go between Boise state and Washington state. He actually ended up committing to Washington state. And then, um, he got a Notre Dame offer. So obviously, I mean, you, you can't turn that down. <laughs> so he ended up flipping and going over there, but you know, through that process with like Boise state and all those schools and then my receiver coach going to Montana state, I think that's kind of where it all connected. He'd always have teams come out and watch. And so I'd go out there and just throw them just so, you know, maybe hopefully catch someone's eye. So, um, yeah, it's just just a really interesting process. And, you know, I think it, you know, you're going through that and you're the guy that guys are kind of overlooking and, you know, kind of looking back, that's kind of probably was the best thing for me moving forward as well. You know, nothing ever, you know, just given to me, always have to earn it. And, and, uh, you know, I just kind of have that chip on my shoulder. So there's an interesting dynamic there. Uh, there's the hindsight that you have today where you can look back and you're like, I'm kind of thankful that that's the way it played out. And at the same token, yes. I'm sure part of you <laughs> while that's occurring is like, what the heck? Like, I'm putting in the work. I've got good numbers, right? Like, I'm, I'm showing up. What? Why am I not getting the same opportunity? So I guess the question I'd have is, you know, rewinding the clock years. And thinking about it, you know, how do you stay confident in yourself, even when you're maybe not getting the same, you know, opportunities that you feel like the work you're putting in should be warranting? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I just think I was, I don't know, maybe I was just dumb. I didn't like really, <laughs> but this is actually good. This is a good story too. So once I commit, I'm, I'm walking on to Montana State, um, you know, a lot, they bring in basically all their guys you know, during that summer period so they can train and do all that. So I remember I committed, whatever, high school's over, and I'm texting the coaches. I'm like, hey, when am I coming to – when are, when are the summer workouts starting? They're like, oh, no, no, you're not you're not coming until, like, the first day of training camp. So I'm like, oh, gosh, here I go again. I'm going to be the – I'm going to be the – I was, you know, this is what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want to go up and show it be the practice dummy. But yeah. I don't know why. I didn't really – I maybe thought that for a second, and then – I think that was the best thing for me because that whole summer working out, it was just like, I was just like, had this little narrow focus where it was just like, I had one goal in mind, just go in there and just prove myself. And that was probably the best thing for me because it really lit that fire 
you know, underneath me. And uh, I wanted to show up and, you know, it'd be the best guy, which, you know, I think it paid dividends for sure. Yeah. Well, it, so it's funny you say that. Uh, I had a gentleman on a show and he went to Iowa State and walked on and all that. And it, it's funny because he goes, yeah, the first day they gave me a jersey and it was like number 103. And he goes, maybe in college you have digits that go, or numbers that go three digits. I thought it was only up to two, but maybe college you get three. And he, they go, no, you're a walk on. You get a three digit number. Uh, the two digits are reserved for everyone else. He's like, got it. Yeah, no, that's funny, too, because luckily I got a two digit number, but I mean, it was like it was the number I actually ended up wearing uh, my entire career just because I kind of like the idea, of, you know, them just handing me some, you know, they gave me number 85, which I was like, I did which ends up actually got a little bit. I got it tattooed on me because it's a little <laughs> reminder that, you know, I, I kind of just love the idea of it and, um, you know, just showing up and just throwing me in probably the last number. No, you know, anybody wanted and um Yeah. So it, it, there was so many things. I just let my fight, you know, let my, the fight underneath me. And, and uh, luckily it ended up working out. Yeah. So as you get there, uh, like you mentioned, hey, going from high school to college, you got weight to gain, you got, you know, speed to improve on all the different things. And, you know, talk a little bit about maybe the first year or two, um, you know, inside the program and just, you know, kind of getting settled in and growing and, and developing. Yeah, so um, even to take a step back, uh, like I had mentioned, so yeah, I was definitely under a little bit undersized, needed to get faster, but I had the skill set to play, yeah. which, um, so I had the fundamentals, which, so I, just for whatever reason, I was like, I can go on there and play. I'm now thinking back and I'm in looking from my perspective, like, you know, being, being in the program and seeing guys that come in, there's like, hey, you're showing up at training camp. Um, like those guys have no shot at playing. <laughs> so it's kind of fun and obviously i didn't realize that when i when i first got there but uh i just went and hit the ground running um luckily the stars got kind of aligned in the sense that i came in with a brand new coaching staff they had been not very good um going through a rebuild so they were looking so guys were leaving and you know new crop of guys were coming in so kind of there was you know opportunity yeah and then i just went in and just just started playing pretty well and then next thing you know and i'm um, a month later, I'm starting at punt return. I'm returning kicks, and then two games in, I'm I'm starting at receiver, which is um, which is kind of crazy. Which is like I, you would have told me four months months earlier, I, I didn't even think I was going to be playing football in college. And the next thing you know, um, you know, started playing as a freshman, started, and then from there on, just kind of you know ran with it. Yeah. So you, you said it a couple of times, I think you said maybe I was just too dumb or whatever it is, but it's like there there is a blissful ignorance, right? Where you say, yeah, if I if I wrote this out, no one would tell me that I've got a strong chance to play. But the one part that gets discounted is how bad you want it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you even saw it in your years at Montana State. There's plenty of guys that probably came in with a similar uh, storyline as you, and they just didn't want it as bad, right? And all of a sudden totally. you see them... Two years later, ah, you know, it just didn't work out. I'm just going to move on. And once again, I don't want to discredit your natural skill set, right, and how good you were, but also there's something about the mentality that gave you the opportunity as well. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, I remember being there and, you know, they're getting some guys coming in who it's like who are their big recruit who are coming in to replace me. And uh, it's just funny. It's like some of those guys would come in. And next thing you know, they're not even in the program a year from later just because – you know, just their mindset and uh, you could just see it. They just felt comfortable.
I mean, I felt like my whole four years there, um, I was uncomfortable every offseason. It was like, man, I'm losing my job. Like, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm going into my senior year and my junior senior year, and I'm, I'm the number one receiver. And it's like, I'm scared to death that I'm going to lose my job, which I think internally, like, you know, it drove me. So it was like, in the summertime, I'm not going to Ray Fest or whatever everyone's going to or these country concerts. It's like, I'm working out and, you know, we're running. Luckily, I had a really good buddy on my team who, uh, through all the offseason stuff, me and him kind of broke off and did a, just trained our butts off, you know, after the fact, after our, our, our team workouts and stuff like that. So there was just so much work that went in. It just shows. It's like you put in, you, you know, the deposits, you put them in, you're going to get something in return. So, yeah, um, yeah just a, a fun process. And looking back, it's like so much work went in and got a lot of good stuff in return. I love that. Now, one of the things that you got in return, and I think anyone that played sports just would echo this, that it might be one of the biggest compliments, and that is to be a team captain. And mm -hmm. I think it was going into your junior year, you become a team captain. And uh, just talk about that. I mean, I think that's, once again, one of the biggest compliments you can get, right? Uh, usually there's an element of you have to be pretty good at what you do. Otherwise, you know, most guys, yeah. don't, you know, view you in that light. But you also have to be a heck of a leader, right? Someone that people want to emulate or be like. Um, otherwise, if you're just good at what you do, those guys usually don't get the captain. So talk a little bit about that and uh, that piece of your pie. Yeah, totally. I mean, it even gives me chills now because it was such a big honor, especially getting it as, you know, a junior as well. You know, just even mentioned going in, I'm a walk-on guy. Um, we don't even know if I'm going to even make the team. Um, you know, and, and it's next, you know, a couple years later, you know, I get voted as a team captain, which was huge. And it was like, you know, just a testament to, you know, the work that I put in. And I wasn't, you know, especially early on, even thinking back growing up, maybe I wasn't the most vocal guy. Yeah. But then I kind of grew into that role. Um, and I kind of had kept my head down, especially in my college, my freshman, sophomore year, put the work in, think people noticed that. And then when, you know, I had kind of built that credibility, I had, uh, you know, I got, and I got voted team captain. It kind of allowed me to, you know, get to that vocal role, which, you know, I didn't anticipate, but, uh, you know, something that I felt comfortable doing. And um, honestly, it kind of helped with even going forward. Now I look back and it's like, man, being able to take on a leadership role, where I'm vocal, you know, keeping guys in line and in check uh, was huge for me and even my personal development as well. I love that. Now, so a topic that I'm super passionate about, I want to dive into your thoughts on it just because of a couple of comments you made is the difference between leadership and having influence, right? Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes you become a leader when you get a title or people view it that way. Uh, but you can have influence even before you have a title, right? And I, I would imagine that what people saw, the hard work you were doing in offseason, uh, even as a freshman, as a sophomore, was having influence. Maybe it was, you know, your buddy, right? I thought you said, hey, we worked our tails off together. Uh, but there's that influence you can have even before there's a title. But there is also that, to your point, that credibility you build up when you get the title, right? When you become mm -hmm. a team captain, instantly people are like, all right, I may not know Kevin. I might have only just met him last week at training camp, but like if he's the captain, he's obviously earned the respect of the team. And so that does give you an inherent confidence boost, but talk a little about, you know, the influence you had even before you became a leader and how that probably ended up leading to, you know, you getting the title of a captain. Yeah, totally. And this is what I even tell some guys who are, 
either going to college or they're in their on their high school team or whatnot too, and they're new, they're entering a new program. Uh, just like there's kind of different stages to it. It's like you can't go in there. It's funny. We've all seen these guys who come in as freshmen, super loud, super cocky, um, and you lose the respect of the you know the upperclassmen and the guys who have been there and been doing it. So, and I didn't even know. I mean, I was just kind of a shy, kind of introverted guy um, going into school. I'm super scared. I'm nervous. Don't even know if I'm going to make the team. I'm the, I'm the walk-on. So, really, that first year was like, I don't even know if I talked. I put my <laughs> head down and just worked out. Yeah. And it's actually funny, too, because once I get to know people and, you know, the kind of the joke was like, Kevin was so quiet, like, his first year. He didn't even talk. And then next thing you know, I'm super outgoing and, you know, Built good relationship with guys, but uh, that's kind of how it worked. That first initial stage was keep my head down and grind. I'm the walk on. No one believes in me. Um, I got to prove myself day in and day out and then kind of kept that mentality going. But then it's like, I think people just started to notice that. And then uh, even to your point, I mean, I wasn't the big raw, raw guy, but when I did have something to say, I think people respected that because they had seen all the work and preparation I had put in. And then kind of there on that junior year when it was time to vote people captain, it was like, it was kind of like a no brainer. People were like, yeah, Kevin's, Kevin's the leader. Kevin's the guy. I mean, I kind of started to then kind of get my voice and be able to have a little bit of influence over guys, but it's just over process. And that stuff doesn't even, doesn't happen overnight. And it just kind of, and I think when it's most influential is when it's organic too. Mm -hmm. And I was so bought into that program and that state, it gives me chills to state because we actually have our, our big rivalry game against the other team across this, across a couple hours down the down the the highway, which I'm not going to say it because you know I'm I'm still passionate about the, <laughs> this rivalry, but um, I just I, for whatever reason I'm super bought in. I think people felt could see that from me. I'm a guy from California, Plano, Montana, and yeah. and I felt that connection with the state and you know the program. So it was all super organic. So I think when it was time to become a leader and a captain, it just made sense, and then. I was able to really use my voice and, and, uh, you know, help us, you know, try to chase going after championships and whatnot too. Yeah. So on the team side, once again, we've focused a lot on your story, but on the team side, to your point, you come into a program that's going through a coaching change, uh, not a program that's been, you know, competing for national titles or anything. And by the time you're done, I mean, you're playing against North Dakota state who, you know, I mean, is just pumping out NFL quarterbacks every year. Seems totally. like, uh, you know, and you guys are playing against them. I think it was either in the championship or the semis. Uh, so mm -hmm. talk a little bit about just seeing the tide turn of the team dynamic, you know, alongside your personal accomplishments while you're there. Yeah, totally. Which was, you know, super fun looking back on and seeing the, uh, you know, from going from my freshman year to my senior year, I think my freshman year, we won four games. The next year, we won five games. My junior year, we went to the playoffs. And, and the, my senior year, we're in, we're in the final four. So um, it was a really cool process from a team aspect as well. And it's kind of one of those things, too, where, um, you know, you think about college football in today's day and age. And, you know, people are throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. When I was there, we that really wasn't the case. I think I had five different quarterbacks. We struggled finding that position. I mean, we had games where I think we completed a pass or two. And I think that's where almost as well I started to gain that respect for my teammates, even looking back to that previous question, talking about leadership, because uh, I'll be honest, at some points I wasn't too happy. I wanted to get the ball a little bit more. But, <laughs> um, 
you know, I kind of bought into the fact that, hey, you know, we're not going to be throwing the ball that much. We're running the ball. Um, so I'm going to go out there and block my butt off. And then when I do get my opportunities, I'm going to make the most of it. And um, I think that's where I gain a lot of respect, too, because I'm the wide, number one wide receiver on the team. We're not throwing the ball. and People know I should be getting the ball. But, hey, you know what? You know, we're, we're rushing for 400 yards this game, and I'm going to be out there blocking for you guys. So, um, you know, kind of buying into that whole team aspect as well. Yeah. So, you know, from a maybe it's a coaching standpoint, um, you know, I always think and we joked about earlier, I'm in Nebraska. And so we're, you know, trying to turn a program around and we've had, you know, mm -hmm. four different coaches come in and they can't do it. But I think you you hit the nail on the head with two different points you made. One was you bought in like you love Montana State, right? I mean, like you you became a part of the culture. Uh, it wasn't like, well, I'm here for four years and I'm going to leave. It's like, no, this is my place. Um, but I would imagine that there is probably that buy-in and that feeling from the coaches to the players as well. So, you know, talk a little bit about maybe some of the leadership things you saw from coaches that you maybe noticed a trend in, hey, we started here, not great, but over time and with, you know, some of the principles or things they taught us, we were able to kind of change the culture into a winning culture. Yeah. So when I came in as a freshman, I came up with a new staff. Um, they, that's a, the staff that recruited me. The head coach, his name is Jeff Cho. I mean, I, I could, I could go on and on about him, but I um, mean, I was with them luckily for four years, which even thinking about now and you look in college football and all that stuff, how many coaching changes there are and all that. I was so lucky to basically be with, you know, a good core portion of that staff for whole, my whole four years, which was super cool because, you know, things didn't happen overnight. And we just, you know, it's kind of funny, even looking back, we used to say, you know, our freshman year, you lose big, which is, which was true. We weren't very good. My sophomore year, you lose small. We lost so many tight games that my junior year, the year after that, win small, which we did, we made the playoffs. We had we're definitely a better team. And then we were starting to win big my senior year, yeah. which is something so cool. We used to talk about that, like, hey, this is going to be a process. Things aren't going to happen overnight. Mm. You know, this is kind of how. Um, it might shake out and it kind of went down that exact kind of pathway. And, um, you know, too, there was a lot of development from personal development from our head coach week in and week out, which I think some of us, maybe it went one, one ear out the other. We're kind of like, dude, let's get out of here. It's late at night. But um, I think that stuff really stuck with me as well. And, uh, you know, you say, you know, all coaches are always like, you know, this is it's more than just football and, you know, we want to be able to develop these guys you know, outside of the game, but I really felt like he did. And I think a lot of guys, uh, it's funny. We'll even, I'll see some of my old teammates. We'll joke about it too. Cause it's like, it was so ingrained in us, yeah. but um, just for all really good stuff. And he was just, just a super good guy. And, you know, he's still coaching this day. He's at the university of Texas. So he's no longer at Montana state, but um, yeah, just from the coaches to the players, to the culture that we built. I mean, you can just see, cause we're, kind of went in it was culture wasn't great early on and you can kind of build it over throughout the years and then I think it's even you know continuing to this day even with the new staff yes so your career uh kind of comes to a close in a uh, interesting landscape of the world at this point though and so mm -hmm. you know you're like hey I've got the skills I've gained some weight I'm faster I'm stronger I would like to do a pro day and see, you know, where the uh, chips may fall. And then this thing called COVID happened. So talk a little bit about just the, uh, you know, 
season of that life for you and just, you know, where the mentality was of, Hey, things are going really well, but then things completely outside of my control are, are adding a huge blip in the radar. Yeah, totally. You know, I had, I ended up having a, a decent career. Like I said, we weren't a super pass heavy team, but I ended up uh, having a pretty good career and I was ready to go. I mean, you know, after that final season, um, just hit the ground running and really started training pretty hard. And, uh, you know, had teams reaching out, you know, a couple of teams had kind of given me that seventh round grade. I didn't, I, I knew I wasn't going to get drafted, but still kind of cool hearing that from, from yeah. people. And I kind of knew and with my agent and whatnot too, it was kind of like, um, you know, after the draft is probably when it's going to happen. So I'm going through the whole pro day process. I'm training super hard. I'm kind of having an idea of what I'm going to, you know, my numbers are going to be. And I think, you know, anticipating them being pretty good. And then, I mean, we all live through it, but, you know, midway through, literally the midway point through our training process, the, um, you know, the whole COVID stuff starts to knock, you know, starts to take off. And then next, you know, my pro day gets canceled. So the alternative was just to record it. But, you know, coming from a small school, um, you know, it, it, it's huge for teams to be able to see you in person. It just didn't have the same weight. And I think people's numbers were starting to get inflated. So I don't know what the credibility of what people were, you know, these videotapes were, <laughs> what teams were. So um, so the draft day comes and whatnot, and I'm waiting till after the draft, the final day, and then I don't get a call. I'm thinking I'm going to go this place, and then it's going to go this place. And then there was some weird stuff going on with the NFL with the amount of guys that they were actually going to let um, come on to the team for that initial you know, off-season training or whatnot. But, yeah, so then it was just kind of a waiting game. It was kind of like my agent was like, I don't really know what to tell you because this is such a weird, unique situation. We kind of just got to wait it out. I'm still on, you know, talk to teams. We just got to see how things shake out. And then nothing nothing shook out. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of just, you know, move decided, hey, I'm just going to move on from the game. It's, it must just, you know, just must not, you know, be my path. But – didn't really sit, didn't sit right with me, you know, in the end. Yeah. So once again, this all plays out, this all transpires, uh, got to get a job, right? I mean, can't just, you know, totally, yeah. ch chill around. So you get a job and, you know, you're working in the medical world and for whatever reason, to your point, it just doesn't sit right. And you say, you know what? I think I need to just go live in San Diego, get my training back on and, and give this thing another chance. And that's not two weeks later. That's not three weeks later. That's a, a while down the road, right? And yeah, so, totally. So talk a little bit about that because I think, you know, there's probably plenty of people that said, you know, Kevin, maybe it's just not for you. You know, like, hey, you had a great career. Maybe you, I'm putting this in quotes for anyone just listening, you overachieved even, right? Like, hey, you were walking, oh, on, sure. you, yeah. you know, started like, maybe that should just be enough for you. And you're like, Hell no. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, you know, the, you know, inspiration behind it. And then maybe even some of the, you know, either support you heard or maybe some of the doubters that you heard from too. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it even goes back to early in their conversation where maybe I was kind of, I'm kind of dumb and <laughs> it's like, or it's like, cause that was a fun conversation to have with some of my close friends and family where it's like, Hey, you know, the whole football thing, I'm, I think I'm going to give another crack. And at this point, I actually had yeah, left San, San Diego. I had taken a job up in L.A., working full time. And I had been working out, but I wasn't in shape, really, you know, to play football and go to compete at that level. So I just – and I got – it's just so funny, too. I kind of got lucky um, in a sense that when I 
so I had my eyes set on the 2022 pro day to come back. My school's going to let me come back and do it. But we had, there was like four guys on our team. And then there was one in particular who, shoot, I mean, he had all 32 teams supposed to come out and see him. So that kind of planned to see it in my mind. I'm like, hey, this would, would be the time to do it. I mean, there's going to be so many eyeballs out there. And even with, you know, and I wanted to experience that, that whole pro day. And that's really, that was the main reason why I was doing it too. Cause I was like, you know, my chances of getting a shot are, are really, are still really low. I haven't played in two years, but uh, I wanted to experience that, you know, I want to experience that moment and that, you know, being able to run a 40 in front of 30 NFL teams and be able to feel that, uh, you know, anxiety and that adrenaline rush. So that was the whole thing really doing. I'm like, you know, and of course my goal is to get picked up by a team, but you know, the main focus is getting super prepared and ready to go for this pro day. And how cool was that? Like, it's like you graduate and, you know, two years later you get to go back to your, I mean, what guy doesn't want to do that, right? Go back and, you know, get to catch a couple balls and do some, you know, run a 40, do some drills and whatnot at your old alma mater. So I was sold on it from the get go. And then, um, once I, you know, convinced some family and whatnot to like, Hey, give me a couple months just to train. Let me just, you know, come back home for, for a month or two and get ready to go. Um, you know, took a little bit of time, but you know, eventually they, they came around to it. And um, yeah, so the next thing you know, I'm back in into training and whatnot and and hit the ground running. Yes. And so the pro day does go well. Uh your speed and you know your performance shows out and it's like, wow, this is a I think it was top 10 wide receiver numbers um in in overall so talk a little bit about that and then just some of the conversations that uh that transpire from there yeah so yeah that was an interesting period of time too because technically i didn't have to wait until the draft the the draft in a couple months because i was technically now a free agent um so i could have got picked up the day after the pro day but kind of the conversations that we had with my agent and other teams that it was probably going to happen closer to um the draft so then I wait the, the couple months. I'm still training, staying ready to go. Um, actually not hit hearing that much from team, so I'm a little bit nervous. And then, uh, yeah, the draft comes. Wait till the end of the third day, waiting to hear if I get a call. I don't. And then about a week goes by, so then I'm like, you know what? I went after it. I gave it one last shot. I got to experience pro day. So I'm kind of settling into that. And the next thing you know, my agent calls me on a Wednesday. He's like, Hey, would you want to go, you want to go work out for a team? I'm like, is that it? Yeah. Don't ask me that question. You already know the answer. So then I ended up getting a workout with the Seahawks and then went up there on the next day, worked out. And then, you know, luckily it went really well and um, got signed that, that same day. So, so yeah, crazy. It, you know, you, you talked about at the beginning, you know, fall in love with the process, right? And and not just loving the moment. At the same token, I can only imagine just the sheer feelings and, you know, everything you had in the moment of having the conversation of like, I'm officially going to be on, you know, a, a roster, right? Like, I mean, you're going to pay me to play football. <laughs> I've been waiting mm-hmm. for this my whole life. I've been practicing for it. So, you know, talk about that and just, you know, the validation of all the time, the energy, the effort, all the things you said no to. So you could say yes to that, um, you know, really getting you to where you had been, uh, you know, desiring to, to score. Yeah. And it, it's, which is kind of cool. The whole premise of your podcast, you'll be able to look back and kind of connect the dots, you know, looking back, it's like, I would 
I wouldn't want it to happen any other way. <laughs> it made for a really good story. It's something I could share with people and hopefully, you know, potentially, you know, inspire and influence others. But for myself too, it kind of just, it makes sense why it went down this way, you know? And, uh, you know, once you kind of get into the building, you kind of understand that, hey, this, it's still football, but it's more of a business. Um, you know, I kind of knew my longevity of it maybe wasn't, you know, wasn't going to happen. But uh, being able to kind of go through the whole process of, you know, moving off from the game, coming back to it, you know, pushing through, even when it's like there's no clear outcome. Yeah. Man, I just made for not only, like I said, a good story, but something that I can hang my hat on and I'm proud of. So, and, you know, it kind of fits who I am and my identity as well. So, um, you know, like I said, it wouldn't want to happen any other way. Yes. So as you are there, you know, the Seahawks, um, you know, Pete Carroll, you know, great, great players around you. You know, talk a little bit about that. I think one of the interesting things to see is, you know, the discipline, the work ethic, right? All the different elements of players. And as you get to the next level, you see that heightened even more, right? And you see that heightened mm -hmm. even more and what people are able to accomplish. So maybe talk about, you know, one or two either stories that stick out or just, you know, maybe things you learned or were able to see uh, from your stand with the Seahawks. Yeah, totally. And it was funny too. So I showed up, um, they bring all the, because they kind of were considering me to be a, a rookie since I was my, you know, really my first year. So we came in kind of midway through all the off-season training stuff. And, um, you know, I'm not getting a ton of reps, obviously. But, you know, in that kind of off-season period, they are trying to kind of see what you got. So I was starting to get a few opportunities. And um, it was just funny. It's like, first off, getting back in a huddle and listening to a play call and trying to relearn basically an offense, and an NFL offense, um, for the first time was almost just like we it was super weird i was like you know what i was just in surgery rooms and now i'm I'm back out trying to hear a play call that's super long and i can't even wrap my <laughs> wrap my mind around so that was that was honestly that was that was a fun experience just in itself but then uh, i started making some plays at practice and you know started doing well and kind of gave me that confidence like hey you know what this is a good decision to you know, give this one last shot and um, i can play at this level even after not playing for two years. So there was a lot of just, you know, good memories and being able to just run routes again, catch the ball, make some plays and do all that. And then um, kind of like the same way I, I I took my approach into college where it's like you show up, don't say too much, put your head down and work. And, you know, it's funny. I started to kind of get gain some of that respect from people, even in that locker room and people around the building. Um, so that was, you know, kind of, a you know, rewarding experience as well to be able to kind of get that you know not even praise but um kind of kind of gain that respect from others you know going through this that whole process absolutely so as the football playing uh you know time comes to an end you decide hey maybe there's a business idea that can come from from this and so um start cut football uh talk a little bit about the inspiration behind it and what you do with that yeah, totally. You know, and that's, and it's funny too, just looking back, kind of seeing this whole process and even until with, with cut football as well. I actually had kind of started that first year was kind of actually when I started training again and kind of had gotten the ball rolling with that as well. But, you know, and even with my, you know, my football after college, my football journey kind of, I thought so it was going to come into an end. Um, and you start looking on LinkedIn and you're trying to find a job and then, 
you see an entry level role that needs for some reason needs 10 years of experience and you can't land any jobs and you're just like kind of struggling trying to get something to you know be able to start paying bills and doing all that and kind of taking that next step but I remember just thinking, like, I played football for so long. I played for 10 plus years. That's where my experience is. So how can I leverage my time playing football and kind of what I noticed uh, with either trends or what guys like? How can I leverage that into turning that into a business? And um, I always kind of even looking back, like growing up, I always was so into all the gear and all the gloves and all that. I just love football so much. And it's funny looking back on it because it's like, oh, man, this is kind of what makes sense. Like this was kind of like my path and what it was turning into. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was kind of starting the brand too. And, I, you know, I've always kind of had a creative side to me where it's like, you know, I've always loved making like videos and edits. I never posted anything. And then I kind of got to that point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start sharing it in my story, you know, with kind of like the social reach on these different platforms. You don't really got to spend too much in advertising. So, you know, maybe start making some content, seeing how that goes. And then from there, just kind of fell in love with all that stuff as well. And, and now kind of here I am trying to you know, bootstrap into business, trying to get something to work. And it's just been a really fun process as well. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about what you focus on within Cuffleball and kind of the you know product to market and what you're doing there. Yeah, totally. So and that's kind of where I was able to leverage my experience, seeing what guys like. Because I wanted to, quote unquote, I wanted to innovate in the space because I'd see guys make either you know, alterations of their gear or trying to achieve a certain style preference. I mean, you have probably in basketball too, yeah. uh, people like to, lurk, like to look a certain way um, when they're going out and competing because, you know, the opportunities are so limited that, hey, you know what? I almost think it's like, you're like a warrior going out to battle. You got all the battle paint on and all that <laughs> stuff. That's what guys like. And I think it's funny too, because I don't think people who aren't in sports understand that. There's a certain way where you dress and so you feel comfortable. Um, so you can go out there and compete at your very best. And I just had noticed some trends that guys like. So I started off with, I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of come out with this unique football sock kind of thing. And because uh, I wanted to be able to grab people's attention and get something out there that was different. And uh, and from there, kind of, you know, started with that. And now we're kind of transitioning more into more, you know, football gloves and kind of like the main accessories and all that. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's been a real fun process to be able to, which has been allowing me to stay connected to the game as well. and and um which has been a lot of fun and now it's like i would rather be doing this than playing so yeah which is which has been a really cool experience well and something that i think is you know once again anyone listening is hearing it but i like you know want us to just hit the nail on the head here and that is all of the effort all of the hard work you put in to your very first point is it's building up that work ethic it's building up that resilience and there's no doubt that you're going to have success in whatever it is that you decide to do maybe cut football is the next five years and it turns into something else or maybe this is the next 55 years i don't know but it's mm -hmm. like all of those wins and all the processes you had to go to to get to that next level are all the things that are going to help you get to where you want to go in this next level as well yeah totally i, I can agree more i love it well, Kevin, I want to say thanks so much for highlighting your story, man, and just sharing some of the, uh, you know, unique opportunities that you've had and uh, the things you've been able to accomplish and excited to just continue to watch your journey. And, uh, you know, we'll probably have to record this again in like three years when, you know, the business is like a direct partner with like NIL deals everywhere and NFL and uh, and see what's going on then.
Totally. Let's do it. Appreciate Definitely. it. Very much. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it.